0: Amen. God is good. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. And I'm just going to share a few minutes this morning on heavenly places. Amen. I really appreciated Brother David's message last week. How many of you loved the Word that he shared? God is speaking to us today. I want you to understand that you as believers have been adopted into a spiritual family, you are no longer slaves, but you are sons and daughters. Adopted sons and daughters. And my Bible says that He has raised you up and seated you together with Him in heavenly places. Now, I want you to see what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, If you, turn to your neighbor and say, this is talking about you, amen, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. I I want you to hear me. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is sitting. In other words, He's a sitting King. A King who is seated means that He's a King who is not only victorious, but He's a King who has all authority. He's a seated King. It's accomplished. The work is accomplished. The victory is won. The Bible says that He's raised us up together and He says we're to seek those things where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now, verse 2, I want everyone to say this together. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Everyone say that again. Set your minds on things above and not on things of this earth. Amen. The title of my message this morning is Setting Your Mind. We're going to learn how this morning. How many of you know that your mind is pretty important? Proverbs says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. God told Joshua when they were to go into the promised land, He says, This word, these commandments, uh, shall proceed out of your mouth. It uh, it says, It shall shall proceed out of your mouth that you may uh, prosper and have good success. And so when the Bible here says to set our minds, that means that God's plan and desire is for us to be intentional in our thinking. He has a desire for us to think right. Remember, a, a couple months ago, as a pastor here, I, I, I went through just a, an interesting uh, 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 confrontation in the Spirit in my own life. And I just literally felt I was under a demonic attack. And by the way, that happens to me quite a bit because I know that the devil loves to smite the shepherd to scatter sheep. And uh, I knew that when I accepted this call of God, I knew there would be encounters. Well, the enemy kind of hit me on the side and then hit me again on the other side. And all of a sudden, I took my eyes off the Lord. When I took my eyes off the Lord and I begin to focus on the problem and at that time it was on people and I begin to get agitated and I begin to get upset and I remember talking to my wife and some of you are looking at me oh Pastor Ray wow you're really kind of dropping the wall and letting us all see what goes on in your life that's right and I want to tell you Pastor Ray got discouraged and I got I I, I moved out of the Spirit and I began to move into the flesh. And I started getting discouraged and I started getting worried. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit literally came to me and spoke to my heart. I didn't have a vision. God didn't speak audibly. But He said, Ray, you need to set your mind on things above. You are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And all of a sudden, I shifted gears. And instead of wrestling, instead of looking at people as the problem, instead of allowing the circumstance to rob and destroy my peace, God began to show me things from a heavenly vantage point. All of a sudden, when I begin, literally, begin to worship the Lord in this very... I was alone in this sanctuary. And when I was alone in this sanctuary, I was really loud. And I begin to say, God, You're in charge. Lord, He who rides upon the, uh, rides upon, uh, the throne, Lord, you, you reign from heaven on high. And as I begin to lift my hands and lift my voice, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people, and all of a sudden, the Lord literally surrounded me and flooded me with His presence. And the thing that was so big became very, very small. You see, I begin to set my mind on things above. Now, How many of you know the Bible says that we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places? And when we, I I want you to jump over with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. I want to show you something that happened to Peter, James, and John. This was in Luke chapter 9, verse 28. Remember, Jesus, when he was on earth, he embodied the kingdom of God, but when Jesus was here, Jesus was conveying and He was bringing a message. And I want you to know, people like Peter, James, and John are no different than you and me. These were uneducated individuals. These were not religious. They were not scholarly. These were fishermen. They were apolog- One was a tax collector. Others were carpenters. Others were just tradesmen. But Jesus gathered these simple, ordinary folk like you and me, And Jesus decided to take Peter, James, and John for a little mountain hike. And we find here it says, verse 28, Now it came to pass on the eighth day, after eight days these things, that He took Peter, James, and John, and they went into the mountain to pray. And as He prayed, the appearance of His face was altered, and His robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with Him, who were Moses and Elijah who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease or his death, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. You know what's kind of funny? Every time you find Jesus praying, his disciples were always sleeping. I mean, it's just amazing. Guess what? That means there's hope for us. Praise God. Maybe you're one of those guys that sleep in church. Guess what? God still has a mountaintop experience for you. Amen. You, you don't have to be afraid and think you're going to get passed by. Basically, we got a God who loves us enough to wake us up. Amen. He's going to wake us up. You may be sleeping in church, but we got a God who still loves us and even though we're sleeping and we're heavy with sleep, we're kind of distracted. we got a God who says, I still love my kids. I'm still going to show them my glory. I'm going to still bring them into the heavenlies. And I'm going to wake them up with good things. Amen. Isn't that good? Praise God. So there's hope for you that's still sleep in church. Praise God. Still sleeping in church. Amen. I don't know about you, but that, that, that just tickled me so much when I knew that they're sleeping in church and God comes by all of a sudden it says that they saw his glory and the two men that stood by then it happened that as they were parting from him that peter said hey master <laughs> hey this is good this is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles one for you and moses and elijah not knowing what he said aren't you grateful that we serve a god who amen when we make our big suggestions and we kind of get off course and we prophesy a little off. Aren't you glad that we have a Heavenly Father that says once in a while, it's time to shut up and listen to Him. Amen. Aren't you grateful that, that God doesn't come to us and just slap us down? He says, no, no, no. No, I know, Peter. I know you got some wild ideas for the kingdom. But it's time to hear Him. Everyone say, hear Him. Hear him. For this is My Beloved Son. Now, I want you to know, God doesn't take us to these places just to do a show-and-tell show. God was giving Peter, James, and John a little inside picture of what He was doing because He was going to share that same glory with these people. Do you know in John 17, where Jesus was making His prayer, He said, Father, the glory that you have given Me, give to them. Amen. You see, God, the, the whole idea of this glistening, glorious power that Jesus, His, His, His raiment changed, His face changed. We're not just talking about getting bright and, and, and shiny, but what God was talking about is the very nature, His very nature, the very beauty, the very character of God was so brilliant and so bright that peter was overwhelmed with such joy he said wow this is good for us to be here wow i'm i'm really glad that we're here amen i might be sleeping in church and i might be missing it prophetically but thank god he hasn't cast me off he still is going to show me his glory amen how many of you know that that means there's hope for us And you know what I said this for, and I believe the Lord is saying it, because there's been so many people coming out of so many different backgrounds and denominations that they've been afraid to think that God still loves them, that God still wants to open their eyes to something that is so powerful and splendid and beautiful. The Lord was saying this, I want you to see, Peter, I want you to see, I want you to understand what I'm what I'm doing. Now, of course, Moses and Elijah represented the the prophets and the law and the prophets. Moses represented the law, uh, Elijah represented the prophets, and of course, they were con- Jesus. They were confirming that Jesus was the Messiah. In fact, before this is when Jesus asked the disciples, "Who do men say that I am?" It was after that he takes them into the mountain and he begins to uh, reveal the splendor of his glory. Now, Amen. Go back with me into Colossians chapter 3. Because I believe the Bible wants us to understand what it is to set our minds. Now, amen. You know, even though we live here on earth, how many of you believe God wants to open our eyes to a different reality? Okay? In other words, the whole purpose of the Lord doing that was to help Peter and James and John realize that there's a a realm that he wanted us to understand that is more real, that is more powerful than the dimension, the natural world that we live in. And so his desire was to open their eyes. And notice what Jesus said. He said, when they came down from the mountain, he made this statement. He says, do not speak of these things until after I am raised from the dead. Now, it's interesting he said that. He didn't say, share this until uh, until I come again, the second coming. He says, no, after I am raised from the dead, I want you to share what you saw with the church. Now, I want you to, actually, I want you to jump with me back to Revelations chapter 4. Revelations chapter 4. The same guy, John, he's on the island of Patmos, and he is the one who receives this revelation. He receives this revelation. And folks, by the way, what I'm saying is some of you may say, Pastor, what are we talking about this for? What are we talking about heavenly places for? We're talking about heavenly places is because God wants you to walk in a wisdom He wants you to walk in an understanding. He wants you to walk in a dimension of vision and understanding that when you confront and face problems every day that you do, that you begin to see them from a different vantage point. In Revelations 4, this is after he had addressed the seven churches of Asia, he brought commendation. He brought rebuke. He brought instruction. But in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And after these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice that I heard was like a trumpet. Everyone say trumpet. A trumpet was an instrument in the Old Testament that was for the purpose of gathering people. Anytime you heard the trumpet, you were to drop. Everything you do, and you're supposed to come. And so when John heard the trumpet, he goes and he sees an open door. Everyone say open door. It's not a closed door. And this door is not just open for people who are deceased and die and go to heaven. No. This open door is for you and me right now. It is a door that is open. Five things he sees, without reading all of it, the second thing he hears is a voice that says, John, come up here. So, what he says. The third thing he does, sees when he gets up there, is a throne. He sees Jesus sitting on the throne, and then he sees all these powerful colors. He sees white, white, which speaks of the holiness of God. He sees the crimson red, which speaks of the redemption, the blood that was shed. He sees the blue, which speaks of heavenly things. Then he saw the purple, which speaks of royalty in kingship. And as he sees all these things, but the fourth thing he sees is all of these creatures in heaven, and they're all worshiping the Lord. And they're saying, holy Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and now is and who is to come. They're worshiping the Lord in all of His majesty. And the Bible says the fifth thing is after they're worshiping, the Bible says they all fall down. In other words, the glory of God descends. In other words, John received a revelation in a heavenly place that was to help you and me understand what we have access to. In other words, I am to set my mind on these open doors that are in heaven. And as I begin to view Jesus on the throne, and as I begin to enter into a place of worship as a new covenant priest unto God. How many of you know that by the blood of Jesus we enter in the Holy of Holies? And when we enter into the Holy of Holies, we not only have fellowship, but we enter into a place of dominion authority. And we begin to worship God, and the Bible says the glory comes down. In other words, God begins to open the heavens on our situation. You know, yesterday, when I came and uh, I met Randall and Joe, uh, Randall and uh, Orpha, and, and understandably, anybody would cry. They, they were shook up. Randall and Orpha, they're just, just, just an awesome couple, but they were crying to, to, to know they lost everything. And I said, "You know Orpha, and we, we took him by the hand and we just prayed and said, "Orpha, you know what? God's going to do something really special for you." And she, she was they were both shaking. it was kind of cold out too. and uh, she said, "You know what we have nothing, we have nothing and it, it's easy to look at a fire. it's easy to look at this problem. it's easy to look at it and say, Wow." Just what a mistake we made, leaving the kitchen, letting this thing burn. I mean, I, 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 all th- the only thing Carol and I did was that we just went over there and said, listen, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God's going God's to be here. We're a, f- we're a church family. And you know what? Family takes care of each other. You know, we just don't let him go. And we, be- we put our arms around them, and we prayed and we say, Father, we know that Orpha and Randall are your covenant kids. Amen. They're your covenant people. And my Bible says, I said this to Orpha, I said, "Orpha, do you know that all things work together for good?" Yes. In fact, you know God says that he's going to bring you out better on top than it was even when it began. You see, that's that's our heavenly Father. Amen. Like I said, even when we're sleeping, even when things aren't going right, our Father still wants to reveal his glory to us. Amen. Now, that's not a license to be sleeping in church, by the way. Not a license to be lazy. But I just want you to know, you have a heavenly Father. I, isn't it amazing that our heavenly Father told Jesus? Jesus, Because this is what Jesus said in John 5. Jesus said, I don't do anything except what my Father tells me. In John chapter 5, it says that. So in other words, Jesus hears the instruction. Go get Peter, James, and John. I wonder if Jesus said this to the Father. You know, I have to say things a couple times to Peter. He doesn't give that the first time. That's okay. Get Peter. Get James. Good job. And by the way, do you know that these guys didn't have halos on their head? Do you know that it was this time that they were all kind of fussing about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom? They were kind of selfish, self-serving, and they had they had this this these these they just had bad attitudes. They're fighting and scuffling between each other. And it isn't amazing God still decides to say, the Father says, get those three guys, because these three guys are going to be monumental because, you see, the book of Acts is what opens the apostolic age. And it was in the book of Acts that the Father was going to reveal Himself to these three ordinary men and through them would turn the world upside down. Isn't that amazing? God took them and turned that known world upside down. Now, I put a little brochure in your dill this morning i want to just talk to you just a few minutes and i'm going to go through this really quick because i believe in order for us to set our minds on things above amen we need to take some inventory about how we think amen? amen i want you to understand we need to take some inventory because you see one thing i find that my mind sometimes needs some maintenance My mind is clogged up with a lot of wrong thinking. i got some attitudes. Man, it's dead weight. I come to find out I can carry some bad, I can carry bitterness and some issues. And do you know that that's going to really hinder me from coming into all that God has? God's interested in how you think. The first thing I need to do is I need to take control of my thought life. Everyone say control. You can control the way you think. You do not have to allow your thoughts just to run wild. The Bible says that that, uh, in Him we live and move and have our being. And uh, we we are not going to just let things take off. The second thing, we need to evaluate and confront the condition of our mind. Remember, like I said a couple months ago, I had a lot of fear and unbelief. All of a sudden, the Lord said, Ray, unless... You begin to confront the condition. And you know what? I had some bad attitudes, and I had resentment, and the Lord dealt with me about going to a person and asking for forgiveness. I had to deal with it. See, if I'm going to be seated with Christ in heavenly places, I need to deal with issues in my life. The second, third thing here is we need to be willing to take radical steps to cleanse our mind. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. The Bible talks about the Word being something that washes us. Our minds is washed by the washing of the reading of the Word of God. I need to cleanse my mind. I need to take captive those thoughts that are in my mind. I need to bring down vain imaginations. Amen. I need to do that. I remember years ago when I was a young man in... Our old church, when I was a young man, you won't believe this, but I was the first electric bass player in our church way back in 1968. And you know what? When electric bass guitars came into the church, that was back when the Beatles were popular, and I know I'm really dating myself right now. but uh, And, uh, you know, the Rolling Stones were hot. But back in those days... In church, if you brought in an electric guitar, it was considered the devil. And uh, I remember our pastor made this big paradigm shift, and he says, you know what? Electric instruments are not of the devil. Amen. It's no different than a, a guy holding a microphone. But I'll never forget. I, I, I was so excited to get my to play the electric bass with our choir in the church. And when I got up on the platform, when I was plunking my electric bass, I wasn't ready. I didn't know what was going to hit me. But I'll never forget the very first Sunday, I'm playing the bass, and I'm really kind of rocking out there on Sunday. All of a sudden, the ushers are kind of scurrying down, and they're running up to the platform. Our pastors used to sit on the platform, and, and they were running and giving Brother Dick notes. And on those notes, I mean, Brother Dick had two or three notes. First Sunday... Turn the bass down. It's way too loud. Turn the bass. This is not of God. I mean, people in the congregation were all upset that I was playing this electric bass. And so Brother Dick, he looked at me, and he had this eye like this. And he does this. That means turn it down. And so I I, I turned it down. And then after that first Sunday, he comes right over to me after. And says, Ray, you, you, you're going to have to turn that bass down. It's a little too loud that people are that people are not accepting the ba- electric bass. And, oh, okay, okay. So after the second Sunday and third Sunday, being told to turn it down, turn it I got so angry by the time about a month went by, I decided to fake the church out. I actually went to church and turned the amplifier completely off, but I pretended like I was playing it. No kidding. And they still got notes that I was too loud no kidding they were still running turn the bass down i'm not kidding people and i told brother dick i said and i was just a teenager i said pastor i I want you to know these people got a problem it's their problem i I was so mad at the congregation and i said and and i remember I'm, i'm having this attitude and and i begin to think about the people the some of the people who had a problem and oh boy, I just wanted to come to them and say, "What is your religious problem?" I mean, I had this attitude as a teenager, and you know, I really got upset. And Mike Heron, who was our music director, he came up to me and says, "You know, Ray, I want you to sit out and not play for a week." So why? I said, "Well, you, your attitude isn't really good." Hey, it's not my problem. It's your problem their problem and i i i, I you know I, how, wh- wh- what do i got to be punished for i mean that's what i was doing I said, it's not my problem but mike knew that as a worship leader and as a minister you know everybody up here are worship leaders all of us up here are ministers and you know what you may be a gifted musician but if you have the wrong spirit you are going to bring that spirit right up on the people you see you communicate the spirit that you are walking in and you know what I was i was walking in a spirit of divisiveness and envy and anger and unforgiveness and my Karen said ray i want you to sit out this sunday and that made me more angry how dare this, You know, I'm going to leave this church and find a church that's open to... And the Lord spoke to me. Oh, He put His face away. Ray, don't you dare leave. I'm using these leaders to speak to you. Oh, I wanted to run. Oh, I wanted to get out of this stiff, rigid, religious unbending not growing kind of a church i I thought man these guys are locked into tradition i mean i was late and i didn't realize that because even though i might have felt that i had a right that that i felt that i was right because i wanted to grow i wanted to see i felt god wanted but i had a bad attitude towards people who were not willing to accept electric bass and the lord began to deal with my attitude You know, I I was thinking everybody who wasn't willing to grow and and be open to what the Holy Spirit and how God wanted to do, I thought they were bad. But then the Lord began to deal with me that I was judging them and I was no different than the people that I thought were just as bad. And the Lord said, Ray, look in the mirror. And I began to realize I had elevated playing the bass and I put it on a pedestal and I began to worship my gift in what I thought what I thought should be ministry oh man I begin to see the pride in me and I said Lord forgive me and I remember I went back to Mike and I said Mike I'm not ready to play the bass right now I got a wrong attitude and you know what Mike said he put his arm around me he said Ray no you're ready now to play now you're ready he says you know god's not here to punish you but god wants to make sure that when you minister you minister with the right spirit and that you don't react to people because they don't like you oh that dealt with me you see i had to learn to set my mind on things above. And I had to realize that it wasn't about playing the bass and it wasn't about making this church understand that we need to progress and get with the program the way I thought they should move. The Lord was dealing with me about my attitude because other people were not changing the way I thought they should change. Anybody ever been there before? Wow! And you know what? when the lord began to speak to me in fact it was literally out actually not this exact context but i want you to jump down with me back into back go back with me into luke or i'm sorry Col- colossians colossians chapter 3 again notice what it says <clears throat> when it says to set your minds on things above and not on things that go. And notice verse 3. Notice what verse 3. It says, for you died. Everyone said you died. You know what that means? That means you have surrendered everything to Christ. It says that you died. Now, let's, let's read on what it says about this. Because if you are going to walk in heavenly places, you and I need to be detached from things on earth that is going to hold us back. In other words, if you're not dead to your own personal ambitions in your own personal views and values, you're not going to walk in that place of glory and victory. And I didn't realize, I, even though I was raised in the church, I didn't realize Ray Galligan was really alive and kicking and was not dead. I had my own way. I had my own, And God used that situation to expose. Let me tell you, folks. Any time God exposes something in your life, do not run. Don't run. There's more people today. We we live in a society. We divorce. We leave churches. We run from jobs. We change community. We run. I don't like this person. They embarrass me. They hurt me. They offended me. We run. We run. God said, listen, when you run, guess what? You're going to go to the next church, the next marriage, that shop, and you're going to get to go all the way around the mountain and have to face it all over again. I am not kidding. So it's best to stay put and say, okay, God, help me grow up in this thing. And stop blaming everybody else good preaching pastor right you've got to start realizing things that offend you are only things that show you how you have become attached to them in a wrong way you've got to learn that when you have your eyes and your mind on him wow let me tell you something you're going to find yourself whizzing through the problem a lot of your life. That doesn't mean that you won't be affected. It doesn't mean you won't be offended or hurt at times. But in other words, God's going to give you the grace and He's going to bring about promotion in a way that you may have never have thought or planned on. But notice what He says You've died and your life is hid with Christ. That means His grace is covered. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. Notice what He says verse 5. Put to death your members which are on the earth. He's talking to believers here. We're to put to death fornication. Christians should not be having sex outside of marriage. And everyone said, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. i got to tell you something. I didn't realize that I was playing that electric bass because I was more in love with the bass and in love with the music than I was in love with Jesus. Do you know that you can be doing the right thing, but for the wrong reason. Amen. You can do the right thing, but for the wrong reason. And when God brings something to your light, it's not because He's trying to hurt you or harm you, push you down. Bring you. What He wants to do is He wants to cleanse you so that His river, the river of His presence can flow through you again and bring His peace and refreshing to you. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't fight Him. Yield to Him. When you yield to Him, you will find the blessing of God come. You will find doors open for you because you let Him have His way. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Notice what it says. But now you all yourselves put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. I want to say this, church. Christians should not be using profanity. You should not be using profanity. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And do you know what comes out of your mouth? Sets the atmosphere for your home. You give ground to the devil by when you curse or when you use profanity or you bring glory and you open the power of the kingdom of God by when you begin to worship Him. Your mouth has to be guarded. And so on our notes here, we need to, number four, after we take the radical steps to cleanse our mind, we need to, number four, we need to fill our mind with good things. The Bible says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart produces good things. How many of you want good things? In other words, I need to have a prosperous soul. By the way, if you are not involved in the house of God in discipleship in getting the Word fed into you, you are going to be a weak, anemic Christian. You need to be fed the Word. You need to be feeding your mind. You've got to feed your faith. Number five, as, as setting our mind involves the, the need to set boundaries and discipline in my thoughts, that, that has to do with within. In other words, I'm selective. I discriminate. Yes. A Christian should discriminate the kind of thoughts that he thinks. Your mind should not just be one wild toilet of thoughts just letting anything come through. You need to be... so. I am not going to thank those thoughts. I need to pull down those wrong thoughts. Just a couple months ago, Ray Galligan. I, 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 I got offended on a situation in Ray Galligan had to set his mind in alignment. I had to say, Ray, stop in Jesus' name thinking those thoughts. I had to do that. You mean you, Pastor Ray? Yes. Pastor Ray has thought evil thoughts. I've had wrong thoughts. I've even said wrong things. My wife and my kids know all about it. But you know what? I've had to come back to my wife and my kids and I've said, Jared, David, Aaron, I was wrong. Dad missed it. And it's not an excuse. I will repent. Please forgive me. And you know what? When you begin to act with forgiveness and you ask and you humble yourself, do you know what? God brings the peace back in your home. God begins to bring life back in you. But it starts with the head. It starts with fathers who are not ashamed, who are not afraid to lead by example. When you make mistakes, don't run and hide. And, well, I don't want to let them see my weakness because if they do, they won't respect me. No, they've already lost respect for you because you won't humble yourself. When you humble yourself, you cannot believe how much your children... And those around you will ultimately respect you. Guilt and shame has caused us to go into hiding and protect ourselves. The next thing is we learn to guard and protect our minds with the whole armor of God. This has to do from without. I need to watch what I watch on TV. I I need to guard what I watch, what I read. This is how, this is all, I call this mind maintenance. Number seven, we need to visualize and expect success by becoming God conscious people. I'm a God conscious. What does that mean to be God conscious? That means that I choose faith over fear. That means I chose, I choose the Word of God over allowing the enemy to plant negative thoughts. I've got to tell you something. I, I, I don't mean to be political here, but I, I'm just going to let you know. I, I I I had a real problem with some of our recent elections. I was upset with certain leaders that were voted in, and uh, I said, "Those crazy American people! I can't believe they would put a person in office that would allow this and this and this." And the Lord said, "Ray, you're in you're in wrong thinking again. You're thinking wrong. The Bible says." You're to pray for those in authority. And it even says to give thanks. Give thanks for those in authority. I said, wow, God, you are stretching me now. (laughs) Read it. It's in 1 Timothy 2. Give thanks for all those and pray for them in authority. What is God saying that for? He's trying to get you to understand that you need to be seated with Christ in heavenly places, and when you begin to understand that place that you're seated and you begin to operate and think and live and speak from that place, you are going to be much more effective from that place than being on earth and trying to wrestle things through your own natural ability. We have been seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's not just to pray, but that's to think. That's to speak. That's to declare. You know what? I am speaking to this administration. They're going to be saved. I declare the kingdom of God to come into this administration over this nation. I declare the power of the kingdom. I come against the powers of darkness. You see, because I'm speaking from a heavenly place. I may not agree with their decisions, but that doesn't matter. I am to speak and I am to pray from a place of authority and victory where Christ sits. And the last thing is this, the need to focus on things that He is doing rather than the things He is not doing. Now the next thing, down to verse 10, notice what it says. And have to put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of Him who created him. Whether is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is is all and in all. Everyone say, "In in all. He's in all. Now what does that mean? When I set my mind, it says, therefore, as the elect of God. Do you know what the word elect means? It means God's favorite. Everyone say, turn to your neighbor and say, you're God's favorite. That's what the word elect means in other words when i am seated with christ in heavenly places i'm to act like i'm god's favorite i am god's favorite i can walk in the house of the lord with my head tall and he says holy with tender mercies loving you know what he's talking about there. He's talking about the same glory that Peter, James, and John saw on the mount. God wasn't just showing some kind of a light show up there. God was showing the splendor and the beauty of the nature of who God is. And you know what He says? Because you have been raised with Him. You have that same nature. You are created in His likeness. And you have the power to be loving You have the power to have vision. You have the power to be an an empower to other people. You have that. You're not waiting for something to happen. It's already happened. You are right now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have not only been called, you've not only been chosen, but you've been justified. And my Bible says in Romans 8, says that you've been glorified with Him. Honey, can you come up here, please? You see, my wife and I are glorified. Praise God. I got a glorified wife. Next month, we will have been married for 35 years. Now, now, we still have our bumps. We still have our disagreements. She still doesn't like the same colors I like. She still doesn't like the same things I like. I don't like what she likes. We don't like the same food. We don't always like the same restaurants. But you see, we've chosen to move from those natural, earthly, selfish planes to move up into being in heavenly places where we learn to walk in love. And we learn to prefer one another over ourselves we learn to walk in humility and we learn to say we're wrong when we're wrong and you know what I got a queen for a wife I got an awesome woman of God and you know what I could not be where I'm at without this woman there were a lot of things that I did not like in the beginning of our marriage and in the second year of our marriage we were headed for the big D not Dallas. I'm talking divorce. We were heading for, di- we weren't making it. Because you see, she didn't see it the way I saw it. And you know what? I didn't realize I was married. Yes, we had been married in the church, had a great wedding, but I was still thinking like a single man. I was independent, selfish, and not understanding what it was to merge. With your mate, everyone say merge. I want you to understand what it means. Merge, merging means that you lose some things, but you gain things as you merge. <laughs> I know that's hard. A little bit. We well, got to understand what merging means. Means you're not going to be the same because you all died. And when you die, that means you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. And when Christ lives in you, thank you, honey. Give her a hand. See, when Christ lives in you now, you're living from a place of glory, living from a place of empowerment. You're not a victim. You're victorious. You rule. You reign as a king. And as a priest, you have access to His presence. You call things that are not as though they are. You pray for the sick, they get healed. You may say, Pastor, what about Gary, man, of the donut shop? He's still not healed yet. No, he's healed. He just doesn't know it. Let me say that again. He's healed. He just doesn't know it. I went, I went over and had my donut this morning, by the way, and I talked to him. My wife and I, we went over and got our donut said, how are you doing, Gary? I said, well, I still got aches and pains. I said, Gary, you're already healed. I said, Gary, you're already healed. How come i still pain? I said, because you're looking at your problem. I said, you, you start looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. The things that are in the natural begin to fall in line with the things of the Spirit. You see, the resurrection of the dead means that whatever you cannot accomplish in the natural has already been accomplished by the Holy Spirit. Because greater is He who is in you than He is in the world. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our head this morning. Amen. How many of you know we're moving up to a new level today? Amen. Amen. Everyone say, Set, Set. your, your minds, minds on things above. Amen. We're not going back, church. We've died and our life is hid with Christ. And you have just put on the, the image of Christ. The Bible says we've, we've been renewed in the image uh, with the knowledge of God in the image of His image. The Holy Spirit's done the work. This morning, I want to ask you a question this morning. How many of you could say, Pastor Ray, I want to just be launched into this realm of the Spirit. I, I, I want to see myself move into this realm. Of faith amen praise God now, I, I want to ask you another thing how many of you can say you know Pastor Ray I've uh, I've allowed my mind and my heart to be just in a very negative mindset and I just need the Lord to just transform me right now amen I see your thought okay I see your hands amen I never knew that God was that good I never knew that what God had for me was that awesome I've always been taught that I was never good enough and I felt I had to try to make, make it happen in my own strength. And today, I want to see a change take place in my life. I want to see my heart and my mind come into that place of glory and that place of opportunity and faith. Can everyone stand to their feet this morning? I want you to stand to your feet. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe the Lord wants to bring an impartation, the word impartation. For those who raise their hand, I want you to come down here. God's going to impart something to you this morning. That's you. You want to be prayed for. I want you to come right now in Jesus' name. There's going to be an impartation of faith. You are going to be a giant, killing, mountain-moving individual. God is doing something right now by His Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's a new day for you. The Holy Spirit just saying it's a new day. You've been in a storm. And God's coming to take you out of the storm to bring calm seas into your life. Amen. Amen. The Bible says you have not chosen Him, but He's chosen you. Amen. It's been a lot of pain. The Lord just comes today to bring joy. He comes to renew a fresh vision for your life. What the enemy meant for evil. I just see the enemy try to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. But it's a new day, saith the Lord. If you call upon me, saith the Lord, I will turn your captivity. Amen. Just say this with me, Lord. Just say this with me, Lord. I need you. I exchange my life for your life. I ask you to come in. Fill me with your peace. Lord, give, me give me vision. Forgive me, Forgive me. of anything, for anything that has separated me, has separated from, me. Your from Your presence. Thank You for a fresh start. Thank you for a fresh start. In Jesus' name, Jesus, thank you. Amen. 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 It's a new day for you. I just sensed that. Amen. You're going to have a testimony that is going to win others to Christ. Amen. I just sense you're going you're going to launch like a rocket, man. You are going to launch like a rocket. God has something for you in a powerful way. Same thing with you. Are you friends or sisters or what? You're a fa- you're a faithful friend. You're a faithful woman. You know, I just see you in the days ahead you're going to be a woman of prayer. You're going to intercede. God's going to use you to pray for people, stand in the gap. You're a mighty woman of God. Father, I ask You right now to confirm, right now, we just break every plot of the enemy to try to come against You in in Jesus' name. Amen. The enemy has tried to assault you, assault you even in your image, in who you are, but the Lord comes to say to you, today you're special. There's a beauty the Lord is going to place on you. It's the beauty for ashes in Jesus' name. He comes to give you beauty. He comes to bring an exchange of His grace. I just see you coming out of legalism. I see you coming out of a legalistic background and into a place of grace and mercy and liberty. You're going to dance before God. There's going to be a dance. It's not even in your nature, but I see the Lord just loosening you up. Man, wow, there's going to be a loosening in Jesus' name. I'm so excited for you. Hey, man, I'm really excited, man. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I don't know who you are, but I just sense an anointing on both of you ladies. I mean, I just see God using you as a catalyst to set other young women free. I mean that. Praise God. The future is bright. The days of darkness are behind you. Put it behind you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. High five, man. Whoa. 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 This is awesome. <laughs> Praise God. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord God. We bless you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father. Miss who? Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Amen. Jacqueline, can I pray with you for some? For what? What can I pray with you for?